Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, September 19th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? My name is Quinn, and this is my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. Coming to you live from the north side of Chicago, up here in Lincoln Park. What's going on? How are you? We are streaming live on BeantownPodcast.com. Head there now to listen. BeantownPodcast.com slash podcast. Again, that's BeantownPodcast.com slash podcast. You can can comment. You can stream. You can like. You can dislike. Uh, I should get a Twitch channel going. I tell you what. I was just about two hours ago uh, watching the Twitch stream of good friend of the podcast, Ryan Austin, English or Ligon, and uh, he's, he was streaming The Witcher, which you might have uh, seen the Henry Cavill Netflix series. It's actually a, a video game, and he was streaming that on his Twitch. I saw him uh, tweet from his Reek Entertainment account on Twitter uh, while I was scrolling through and, and being sad about... Uh, the Vikings, which they ended up uh, coming all the way back. Well, first they were kicking uh, kicking booty. Listener discretion is advised. When you're listening to the Beantown Podcast, I'm one will occasionally use some language from whose podcast is objectively terrible. They were kicking booty, blew the lead, started kicking ass again, blew that lead, uh, took a lead again, blew that one, and then uh, drove down for a 37-yard field goal to win the game and missed it. Not not 47 yards, not 57, 37 yards. So, I I, I honestly feel pretty good. Like, I'm uh, I I uh, not good, but like, I'm, I'm getting pretty comfortably numb, like the Pink Floyd song, uh, to just years and years of pain. And it's you know, last week I felt really bad because we blew that one hard. This week I was like pretty much expecting to lose the whole time and then we did so it's kind of like all right but while i was scrolling twitter feeling bad about myself at some point in like the mid third quarter there i came across a tweet from ryan and uh it, it, you might remember if you're a long time listener of the show ryan's ryan's been on once or twice and i've been on his former podcast the car ride convos podcast which started just i think a couple months if that, after I launched my show in 2018, so we were kind of like sister shows for a while, and uh, Ryan and, and his wife Kristen, they do a lot of great comedy content, but there hasn't been much for a long time. They've been dark for about two years, it seems like, and so I was really excited when uh, I saw Ryan was streaming, so I went into checking on his Twitch for a while, and now that got me thinking, hey, maybe I should Twitch. Or stream on Twitch. I don't know. It's uh, something to consider. I'd have to look into like what it takes. But maybe, maybe streaming the Bean Tom podcast on Twitch could be our next big avenue. Because I got to tell you, and it's going to be tough no matter what. But I, you know, the whole live stream thing has just like been tough. Like, you know, no one wants to sit there and watch a stream for you know endless hours. Not that this show is going to be endless hours. Although we do have a lot to cover. I'm going to be moving pretty fast. But. You know, I, I I hope this is my 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 podcast wish on a Sunday night. I hope that you know, even though I didn't sit there and watch Ryan's entire stream, I don't know how long you went for. He'd been going for about half an hour when I popped in, um, and uh, hopefully he's not still going. But my hope is that hey, I pop in there for ten minutes, 
I was interacting with him on the chat a little bit. But being there for 10 minutes saying, hey, love what you're doing. Good to see you. Like, hopefully that, that can not maybe not make the day, but be a, a, a helping hand in making the day. So hopefully that was the case. I hope everyone, a lot of hope today, uh, not from being a Vikings fan, but I hope that everyone is having a good day. It's been a little while since uh, we, we, we checked in. I mean, I came to you live last, last Sunday, I guess we recorded. It feels like a lot longer ago, though. Uh, and that's because this last week has been crazy busy. It was the first Furnace family wedding since 1987, if you can believe it. I know that sounds wild, and I'm pretty sure that's correct. Someone can check my math. But uh, the first Furnace family wedding since 1987, I think, is correct. So 34 years and change. And um, congratulations to longtime uh, contributor to this show, hashtag brother of the podcast, Walter Furness, and his wife. That's 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 fun to say. I like that, Kelly Vanderpaul. Although I I don't know if the immediate shift is going to Kelly Furness. That's a really interesting thing. I think Kelly has chosen to shift immediately to that. Although I'm sure it takes a long time to you know get you know, legal documents and stuff. It's kind of interesting. You know, you grow up in like a conservative Christian household. And I don't think this is specific just to, you know, conservative Christianity. I think it's just like an American culture thing in general. But, you know, uh, if a man and a woman get married or just two people in general, but more, more, uh, this is more specific to a man and a woman, you get married it's, you know, tradition, like the obvious tradition, this isn't breaking news for anyone, is for a woman to take the man's last name. I kind of, I, 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 here, here's the thing. And this, it might be going against like trends. It certainly goes against tradition. I, I don't actually like that. Like, I don't, I, I've, I've thought about this a little bit recently. I don't think like, I wouldn't be upset if I got married and my future wife was like, yeah, I want to take your last name. Okay, cool. Like, I mean, this is a, the silliest little thing. Like, these are just, names are just labels that we put on ourselves. Although I think names are important. Names are powerful. Names are cool. But at the end of the day, it doesn't impact who you are as a person. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of strange that we're like, the expectation is... Yeah, you're going to change your name. I mean, for if nothing else, just for like the pain in the ass hassle, right? You got to do like DMV stuff. Uh, you know, you're setting your kids up with weird password security questions 20 years down the line. What's your mother's maiden name? I don't know. Let me go see my mom's birth certificate because I don't remember it. She hasn't used that name in 20 years, you know? These, I, I'm always thinking ahead generations ahead that's why i buy carbon credits i actually do uh boy if we could get we could get a sustainability sponsor on this show then we'd have the triple crown tech samson q2u series uh small local business we got two of those cuts by q and home pride oregon and then green the economy or the you know eco-friendly systems Carbon credits. 
If anyone's out there, Beantown Podcast dot Beantown, I can't say it. Beantown Podcast at Yahoo.com. Again, it's Beantown, Beantown Podcast at Yahoo.com. But it's been a long week, and I tell you what, it's been a hell of a five week stretch. I am exhausted. Uh, physically, feeling okay, but but you know, eating relatively poorly, not terribly. Hey, I didn't even have any cake at this wedding. But drinking a lot. In fact, I had to take Today would be a great day for a drink, particularly right now, as the Vikings just completely shit the bed. Would be perfect for a glass of whiskey, and I got two unopened handles over there. But I'm just like, as you might expect, been drinking a lot the last four days. And and I'll give you a quick run-through of the, you know, the week, but I, I'm exhausted, man. And it's kind of funny because it's like now I feel like, okay, I get to take a little break, like a little reset. I'm still doing a six-day work week starting tomorrow, and I run a marathon three weeks from this morning, and I still work three jobs. So it's kind of like, I don't know. This is partially just the life that I've cultivated and chose. I didn't didn't choose to work a six-day work week this week. I did choose to run 26.2 miles in three weeks, and I choose to work three jobs. So... It's mostly my choices, like 80-20 split. But tell you what, this five-week stretch, even though there's still stuff coming up, this the last five weeks were just nuts. I think probably the busiest I've ever felt. And at, at almost no points did I feel so like overwhelmed or stressed that I just couldn't function. I mean, I'm a big like rise to the challenge, hoo Let's go get it, boys, kind of person. But these last few weeks have really stretched me. It started with orientation at the law school. My my primary job, the one where I get all the cool benefits, like dental. And that's a big week. It was our first, you know, big in person, whatever, since honestly last year's orientation. And so that was, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into that and everything went relatively well, but it's just, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, energy and, and all that stuff, organization, event planning. I don't like event planning. Oh, I got I should mention here, I'm holding my Samsung Q2U series. Somebody, and presumably me, because I'm the only one here who runs a podcast, <laughs> this microphone has always been like, in terms of, like, I'm holding it, it feels normal. There's nothing like on it, like no no gunk. What I'm getting at is there's like food or sticky something on the microphone, the handle. And I don't know what like what was I doing last week when I recorded? Did I I was I eating like cheese puffs or something? I ate must have ate eaten eaten A T E dash E N Something with some sort of residue on it, which is not like me at all, because I'm not a huge like snacker in that in that type of way, where you're, like reaching into it like a chip bag or something, and then recording. That's not usually how I do it. My what I'm getting at here is this microphone is disgusting. I don't know what is going on, but it's really strange. It's like, yeah, it it doesn't even look like food though. But it's just like all over. I don't know. Was it like? It doesn't make any sense. I don't have any explanation because the microphone has been in the same exact place. Doesn't make sense. So five weeks ago, 
We had law orientation. Then four weeks ago, I took the vacation. Great time. This the American South, the Great American American Southwest road trip. That was really fun. It was also exhausting. And did I do that to myself? Yeah. But I can still feel tired. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just telling you how I feel. And then the next week was even more exhausting. Immersion week for DePaul freshmen. I co-teach a class. We've talked about it before. I do it on Thursday nights. Wasn't able to go this past Thursday because I had a rehearsal dinner. But I'll be back in their classroom this Thursday. And then the week after that was kind of the most like normal week. Wasn't like going anywhere. I was in my office. It was the four-day work week with Labor Day, which is great, right? Because you only work four days. But somehow, American working culture, we find a great way to fit a whole week's worth of work into four days. There's no like, okay, in the amount of times the sun came up that week relative to how many times it went in the office, was it one more than usual? Yes. Did I work the same amount, put in the same amount of time completing my tasks and projects? Also, yes. The only place I really saved time was just like when I'm in the office or doing like, quote, working for five days, I spend more time on my computer like scrolling Reddit because I finished my stuff two hours ago and it's 3.30 in the afternoon. And I'm like, contractually have to be here for another hour. And, uh, but what made that week part of the busy stretch, we transitioned to a new CRM. Uh, and every day was like Zoom training, basically for from like 9 to 4, 4.30. And it's not tiring, but it was just like the most boring stuff. And there were so many technical issues. It was exhausting. We even, we got to the end of the week. There had been four days of this. And I still had one or two technical things that I've been, like, trying to put in tickets for, sending emails, live tweeting. It's like, no, we still never got this fixed. And I was just like, okay, well, we're done. And so that's, I mean, transitioning to new software is a lot. Moving forward, now we're completely on to the new software. And I'm going to have to, like, learn how to play around with it and stuff. Because I was trying to do a little bit. You know, when I was doing the training, as you should. But it was kind of tough to complete because of all the tech issues. So that was great. Um, And then last week, and this is really where we want to spend our time here. And then don't let me forget, we're going to finish up with a brief Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 2 intro. Because the first episode of Season 2 was last week. And that's a hallmark staple of this show is that we do, we review it each week. Um, and I'm not actually going to watch it live tonight because I, I try to watch it with Rachel um, when I can. doesn't always work out that way, and that's okay. But um, and just, I mean, I'm doing this show. It's about 7.15 at night. You know, I, I waited till the very end because I, I was in the suburbs until about 3 o'clock this afternoon, watched the Vikings game, got groceries actually at halftime, Vikings game ended like 45 minutes ago. So I, I, I'm I pushing it as hard as I can, I promise. Oh, they're showing uh, the downtown Baltimore from the top of Federal Hill on Sunday Night Football, which I just uh, pulled up there. Beantown Podcast, namesake, 817 St. Paul Street. Can't quite see it from that angle, but I uh, 
It's, it's right in between some buildings there. Beautiful city. Just very hot and muggy and a lot of things I hated. Um, but yeah, the, the, the primary emphasis of the next little bit here is going to be a, uh, a recap of the wedding week festivities. It was really fun. And uh, we already gave a special shout out to Walton Kelly, but I want to give a special shout out part two because I know or I can imagine how much effort, time, blood, sweat, and tears goes into planning a wedding. But not only planning a wedding, but but planning a really like involved and engaged wedding with a lot of moving pieces, not just with the venue, but stuff the night before, a lot of like people being involved with different jobs. So there's a lot of management organization there. Um, and then they were just like, you know, very generous with gifts and stuff too. I mean, I received like two or three separate gifts just for, you know, my, because of my roles, responsibilities, that sort of thing. And so they, you know, coordinate all that. So what I'm trying to get at is shout out and thanks to Walton Kelly. I hope it was a great weekend for you all. I think everyone did their best to make it a positive and a warm experience. And I don't think there were any, uh, obviously I wasn't behind the scenes, you know, except for like 25% of the time. So a lot of behind the scenes stuff I don't know about. Hopefully everything went great. But we started off on, uh, oh, I should mention briefly, this wasn't technically part of the wedding festivities, but it kind of kicked things off for myself because I worked Monday and Tuesday and then took Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off, which was awesome. Still have a lot of time off left this year. But Tuesday night, Rachel and I uh, had a little date night. She had found this kind of event, ticketed event, hosted at a uh, restaurant uh, in Chicago right on the river called Robert's Pizza, which I think is new, relatively new, year or two, something like that. And uh, it was the sort of thing where you pay, we paid 65 a person up front, which is, you know, it's a lot for, it, um, you know, just like eating for your date night. But we were there for like two and a half hours and we ate and drank a ton. So it actually, it was a great deal. And I've told this multiple times, but obviously not to anyone on the podcast yet, but just briefly, like essentially we go, we sit down the whole night consisted of rounds or courses. And I think over the course of the night, we, we had one started with a cocktail and then there were, I think, four more glasses of wine. So I think five drinks a person. And then the first, like there's an appetizer, there's a charcuterie board, and then three courses. And the first two courses each had two pizzas and we were splitting it with like a table. There were six of us at a table, including this guy who looked and talked almost identically to Jim Baker, Pastor Jim Baker, who, if you don't know, go find him on YouTube. He was very famous in like the 80s doomsday preacher went to prison for some tax fraud stuff and related activities and now he's kind of back not on the national scene but he's about to be get a spike in, in uh not popularity but google search results because the eyes of tammy faye baker is a new movie coming out uh starring andrew garfield as jim baker and uh jessica chastain as Tammy Faye Baker. And it's kind of about, uh, you know, 
them and the 80s and the AIDS pandemic and all that stuff. So it's going to be, I'm really excited for it. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, if you didn't know Jim Baker, you like could go watch this movie. It'll be cool. Anyways, that's really like the most tangential thing. Essentially, for each course, we had two slices of pizza. And we didn't even have the third course actually had, oh, there's Ray Lewis, dancing like a lunatic. thought it was Mike Tomlin at first, but it's a Ravens game. So, yeah, he's doing his dance. Um, the third course had a third pizza, which was a seafood pizza with, like, clams in the shell, oysters, mussels, calamari, octopus. It was nuts. We didn't have that one because it was the last pizza, the last, like, savory pizza. And uh, we also don't like seafood, so there's kind of a double whammy there. And then a dessert pizza, which was, like, the regular crust but with gelato, whipped cream, and strawberries. And so that's, like, five drinks and way too much pizza, and we were stuffed, and it was like two and a half hours. It was a huge event. We got on their Instagram, so we're pretty famous. But that was Tuesday night, so that was like kick things off. And so, yeah, if you're wondering, like, when I mentioned earlier, physically I'm feeling pretty good, but also been like eating like shit and drinking a lot. Well, I had. if you're wondering, looking for like a theme of this week, it's called Quinn Has Five Drinks on a Tuesday, and it just went more from there. So Wednesday, uh, Wednesday was the first time I got to see any family. Jack came over, brother of the podcast. And special next special shout-out is to Jack. Uh, he, he and I played some music for this wedding as part of the, the ceremony. And, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, and it went very well. Everyone's coming up to you after and like, oh, great job. You sounded awesome. And I am very appreciative of that. But I also want to just go on record here assuming everyone who went to this wedding and the rehearsal dinner and stuff was you know is now listening to the show wondering if they'll be included in the special shout out section i want to go on the record for all of those people who say jack is the real was the real star of this music i was just there to support him he was killing it even had a point where he had to walk and play at the same time uh, he, you know, he could take that trick on like a one-man show across the country. The Dutton's got nothing on this guy. So special shout-out to Jack. It sounded great. And also to Jack for what I'm going to mention next. We we threw a, a bachelor party. Not your traditional strippers coming out of cake sort of thing, but still a bachelor party nonetheless for my brother Walt. I hope you enjoyed it. We went to Trader Joe's and Binnie's and got a lot of snacks and drinks we really, we really explored the, the Trader Joe's snack section and still just barely scratched the surface. But got some drinks, got a lot of snacks, peanut butter cups, chocolate-covered pretzels, pita chips, hummus, artichoke dip, sea salt chips, pickled chips, red wine, white wine, three different types of craft beer. It was crazy. We rented a boat, and the, the shout-out to Jack is because he really was the, the mastermind behind this bachelor party planning. Ooh, interception for the Chiefs. Looks like it's going to be a pick six to uh, start the game. Boy, Lamar Jackson is uh, he's not playing poorly to start the year, but he is really just like uh, 
I mean, obviously last week, Monday night against the Raiders, they lost that game and should have won it multiple times. And they started off tonight with a pick six. When you're giving the Chiefs pick sixes, I think that's the honey badger, Tyron Matthew. Yeah. When you're giving the Chiefs pick sixes, you're you're going to lose. Like, that's just, it's just the way it goes. I don't really care. It's Chiefs versus Ravens. I don't really have a rooting interest in this game. You just hope it's going to be good, right? Ooh, Butker, uh, that bastard. I'm playing Butker in fantasy football. He hits the upright, and it goes through on his extra point attempt. And then you got the Vikings who can't make a 37-yarder. And missed an extra point, and they lost by one. So, yeah. That's good. Okay, uh, the bachelor party was great. We got a boat. And it was a lot of fun. There were six of us. It was nothing too rowdy. We didn't even ever get to, you know, music playing. But it was beautiful weather. Really nice to chat. Just, you know, it's like four or five o'clock. So good sun angle. Got a Polaroid that Jack had brought from New York. Polaroid camera. It was awesome. Then we uh, took the brown line. Very long way. It's the most, like, furnace thing to do. Took the brown line. Like, 40 minutes. And then walked another 10 to get to a brewery. Twisted Hippo. Very fun spot. Met some more people there. Drank a lot of beer. Came back here. Took the brown line back here, right? This was a no Uber type of party, okay? I love that, okay? It's very authentic. It's very real. That's just who we are. Drank a little bit more here. Talked for a while. One of those great, great moments where you're just like, you're finally off the agenda. No more schedule for a hot second. Like, let's just drink a little bit. Chat about whatever we want. You're laughing. Vibes are good. And, uh, yeah, you can just chill. That was Wednesday night. Hope it was fun for you, Walt, if you're listening. Walt's got like a 37-hour drive back home tomorrow i think so maybe we'll maybe we'll fit in on the schedule if we're lucky okay uh thursday was a little bit more practicing uh rehearsal and stuff with the music and then we had like a walkthrough at uh, the wedding venue it was really hot it was also really hot on the wedding day nothing they could do about that it is what it is i sweated a lot i swat s-w-a-t and, uh, yeah, did the walkthrough, picked up my great aunt from Union Station in Michigan. Look who else is taking public transportation. We're killing it, okay? And uh, checked into my hotel downtown. Rachel and I stayed at the Palmer House. It's a very Seinfeldian thing because uh, I made the reservation for a, a, a king fantasy suite. No, but just a room with a king bed. Like, that would have been good, right? So I check in. They're like, hello, sir. How are you? Thanks for being a gold member. I'm like, well, you're welcome. Unfortunately, we don't have any king rooms left. And I just, I don't get, like, I don't work in hospitality. Uh, And the reason I mentioned there was a Seinfeldian thing before, there's a, a classic Seinfeld moment where Jerry Seinfeld reserves a rental car presumably in the 90s over the phone. But, you know, these days it would be online. He gets to the 
car and they're like, well, we don't have any more. Or he gets to the, the rental car checkout place. Counter is the word I'm looking for. C-O-U-N-T-E-R. And they don't have any more rental cars. And he says, well, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold it. And same thing with this. I just like, I, and I'm not trying to be Jake Lacey in White Lotus here. Because we made it work, it wasn't a big deal. Whatever. But just out of genuine curiosity, how, how does that happen, right? It's not like they've got this. It's not like I made the reservation two nights before and they just hadn't, like, updated their website with availability, you know, whatever. This reservation was made, like, a month and a half before. And I'm just, like, at, at what point are you, like, oh, we got one king room left. Let's just give it to the last person. And five other people signed up for it. Do they just overbook to take more expensive? Maybe this is the strategy because it's all about money in corporate America. I'm calling you out, Kathy Holton. Maybe they just sell tickets at whatever rate or price or type of room people want to buy them for, and they just figure it out afterwards. Maybe it's just so much easier than, well, the Ravens just had a long run. So much easier than like being accurate and accountable. Uh, and then they offer you a, you know, a special perk, and it's like, oh, I don't have. Here's the like special perk they offered me. Well, we don't have a king size room, but we do have a room with two double beds. Not even. Uh, yeah, he was like, well, we have a king size bed, for, or we we don't have any king size rooms available. So okay, well, yeah, that's fine. Like, I'll just take a queen. That's that's cool. Oh, we don't have any queens either. How can you be a famous hotel, the Palmer House Hilton, and just not have kings or queens? So here's what they offered. Oh, we'll give you a bed with or a room with two double beds. Ooh, wow. Well, this Ravens game, <laughs> they hand it off. The guy gets to about the one-yard line. He reaches out to try to cross it with the, the ball in his hand. Before he can cross, the ball gets knocked out of his hand, goes flying into the air, and another Ravens player jumps, grabs it, and scores a touchdown. That's wild stuff. Uh, in case you've been wondering for the last two minutes, well, what did they actually give you? They gave us a room with two bathrooms. Okay. Is that better than a room with one bathroom? I guess. Do I care? No. Would I rather have the one king-size bed that I paid for? Yeah, for sure. So I got a little nifty, and I drug those dragged dragon. I had I had dragon dragon the beds myself uh, together. So yeah, we had a little gap in between, but we had like a California king, and we made it work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was our Palmer House room. And then Friday, oh, no, Thursday, rehearsal dinner type thing up at uh, Evanston Space. Cool, intimate little, like, bar, concert venue sort of thing. And had some drinks. Uh, that's when we did, like, toasts and speeches. And uh, lots of people gave speeches. It was probably, like, an hour. But it was it was really cool, like, um, you know. Kelly's grandma and grandpa, her mom, sisters, my parents, you know, maid of honor, my grandparents got to talk. Uh, 
uh, one of the roommates from college representing the other seven roommates. And uh, my siblings and I got to go. We all had kind of a funny little style. Abby had pre-prepared some things. Jack had pre-prepared some things. I didn't prepare or pre-prepare anything. Um, but I think it turned out okay. But, yeah, it was fun. People were laughing, having a good time, ate some food, caught up with some people. It was good stuff. Friday, obviously a very busy day. Uh, Woke up, took the train up to Evanston to hang out at their hotel for a little bit. Went for a little walk by the lake, ran into a hashtag friend of the podcast, Auntie Stacy Furness, who was on a little walk by the lake. And, uh, you know... Did wedding stuff, went down to the venue, took a lot of pictures, started to get real sweaty. Ceremony happened, played the music. I think everything went great. Reception, uh, you know, talked to uh, hashtag friend of the podcast, been on before, Uncle Andy, for a long time. Got some jerky. I've got a 10-pound vacuum-sealed bag in my freezer now. That I cracked open today. It's delicious. It's very high quality. Shout out to Uncle Andy for bringing that down. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so if anyone's in Chicago, they want some some quick protein, hit me up. You know where to find it, Quinn's Freezer. And uh, dance the night away. I was drinking, oh, God, they're, they're showing Rob Ryan on the screen. Who knew he was still in the league, had a job? Is he the Ravens defensive coordinator? I don't know. He's just as big as ever. I drank straight scotch on the rocks all night, and uh, I I woke up Saturday morning. Stomach was a little off, but the head wasn't too bad. And really, Friday night, you know, at the wedding reception, I was like never, never that drunk. I was drinking some water, and I think the scotch wasn't that like you know powerful or you know crazy quality or anything like that. Obviously, but. yeah, I never I was I was drinking pretty consistently. I probably had like I mean two or three drinks before wedding stuff all all started and then like probably six or seven drinks after the ceremony. That would be my guess, but I was not keeping track. And then uh woke up Saturday, had some time to get some stuff together, went out to my uh the Airbnb my parents had rented, did a little brunch sort of thing. Got to see some family, my uh, brother of the podcast, Jack's uh, partner, Nicole's family was there, Rachel's family was there, the whole family, sisters included, shout out to Sammy Ramos for coming all the way from Champaign-Urbana just for this event, very kind of her, and uh, yeah, ended up uh, ended up back in the suburbs at a certain point. And watched Candyman last night. Boy, if if we had more time in this episode, because we're we're moving into the fourth quarter here, I promise. Uh, I would I would spend a little bit more time talking about Candyman. Um, it, if you, in case you don't know, it's the original Candyman is a horror film from the eighties, I think. And this was like a they made made three. This was like a direct sequel to the original. Uh, Jordan Peele. Because a co-producer, he didn't direct it, but he was part of the production team. And there were, it's it's tough. 
because this was it's way more way better than just like a popcorn C grade horror movie. But it's also kind of like with Jordan Peele's name attached to it, you go in with very high standards. So I consider this to be like the B minus version of like Get Out or Us. Because it's, you know, Get Out and Us are great. They're not only fantastic horror films, but the social commentary is amazing. Essentially, the issue with Candyman is they make it all about the social commentary. Not just a little bit, like in your face, and I don't want to call it preachy because I don't want to give a negative connotation to like the message, but the way it was delivered was just bash your face with a wooden plank type of obvious. Um, And I thought the horror was not that great. I thought the storytelling, um, I wasn't like emotionally invested to any of the the characters. So with all that, it kind of was just like, here's this movie guising g-u-i-s-i-n-g as a horror film that's really just a social commentary film that is labeled as a horror movie i just thought yeah the horror aspect of it i thought was not good i thought the acting was actually really bad in most places and it's cool that it's set in chicago and it's about a lot of like chicago social um and cultural things but just it i don't know I I thought it was pretty I won't go so far as to be like it was really bad, but just kinda like that's that's a generous two out of four stars for me. Um so we watched that and then you pretty much know what I did today because I already mentioned it earlier. But that's the the like end of the five week craziness. And yeah, it's a six day work week coming up. Yeah, I'm running a marathon in three weeks, but you know what? I feel like I, I can breathe a little bit. So, excuse me. Thanks for indulging me in that tale of bravery and heroics and courage. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, the Samson Q2 series. Even when there is stuff all over the handle of the microphone, and I don't know where it came from, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. The Home Pride Oregon, my dad's Home Pride Oregon Inspection Service is located in Bend, Oregon. It's great when you need a home inspected. They're really good at that. Call them at 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. We'll get to full ad reads hopefully next week, I promise. It's just got a lot to get through. And I tell you what, if you've made it to minute 40 of the show, you're probably not sitting here being like, you know what I would really love right now? A full ad read. And uh, Cuts by Q. And I need to, I wish I would have uh, did a little bit of Cuts by Q touch-up before the wedding this weekend, but I, I just forgot to make time for it. Um, but yeah, need to do a little little trimming. I might, uh, I might bring the sides and back down a little bit, give it a little bit of that fresh fall look for the race. But uh, where where am I going here? Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. Okay. So 
the last thing I wanted to mention here is that the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiered season two last Sunday night. And there's a Chiefs with another touchdown. Looks like it was a bomb or something. Classic Chiefs. This game is going to be like 40 to 30 or something. Uh, so if you recall from last year, we started um, we started giving a recap of the Real Housewives of, of Salt Lake City as I started to watch the show when it was created and premiered. And uh, I still think Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is pretty, like, low-brow, low-intelligence. But I got to tell you, from just, like, a turn-your-brain-off watchability aspect, a lot of it is good. And there are some franchises that are better than others and some seasons of franchises that are better than others. Like, this most recent season of New York that just ended was trash. And not, like, the fun, guilty-pleasure trash. Like, really poor uh, and then there's like Potomac, which is really solid right now. We've been watching that. But my my like alma mater, I feel like, the one that really got me going, and I don't watch every franchise in case you're wondering, nor do I watch every episode of everything religiously, except for Real Houses of Salt Lake City because I'd like to watch it, and I need to give you all the recap. So if you're a new listener and you don't know anything about Real Houses of Salt Lake City, Here's essentially what's going on. Season one, there were six housewives, and it took me a long time, multiple weeks, to be like, okay, who's this person? What's their name? Oh, wait, no, that's this one. Do they have the two kids? Nope, that's the other one. Now I'm, I'm good. I'm Gucci, okay? But here's a little, uh, there were six, now there's seven. So I'll give you a rundown of whom everyone is. You got... Whitney Wild Rose, she's blonde, she's pretty young, I think she's like mid-30s, she's had some work done, but not a ton, she's married to this guy Justin, Justin Rose, who's also like a, the name of a golfer, I think, but that's not him, he's older, they were, he was her boss, and she was married to someone else, and then she started sleeping with him, and cheating on her then-husband, and then she divorced him and now married Justin. Which makes Justin seem like a real villain or Whitney Wild Rose. They're not presented that way in the show. But if you feel that way, I understand. I like Whitney. She kind of sounds like Minnie Mouse or something. She's pretty like pretty easy to root for. Not a ton of like poor qualities. Now she has a cousin, Heather Gay, who owns like a beauty salon, which when you look at her, you're like, yikes. Uh Heather's had a ton of work done. She's like the stereotypical housewife um, in terms of looks. In terms of act, act, you know, her actions and demeanor, she's great. She was like married for a long time in the Mormon church. Oh, Whitney has like two kids, I think, but we almost, they're young. We never really see them. Um, Heather Gay, I think, has three daughters who are like teenage daughters. She was part of the Mormon church, married into that for a while has left the church and is divorced. We saw her husband once last season, I think. And uh, her personality is uh, very easy to root for. She's like very strong, independent woman, that sort of thing. She just looks a little spooky. Has had some work done and then a lot more after that. Okay, then you have Lisa. I can't even think of her last name right now. Lisa is like from Jersey, but lives in Salt Lake City. 
She's got two kids, Lisa Barlow. She's got two kids and a husband. Her two kids are boys. They're like 10 and 15, something like that. And she's just got like a lot of attitude. Sometimes it's very rude and mean. A lot of people like her. A lot of people hate her. I kind of oscillate their episodes where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. But anytime there's like big confrontation, I usually find myself rooting against Lisa. Then there's Meredith Marks, who went to Loyola Law School. She has two children. One of her, uh, her, her son, Brooks, is like 20, 21. You'll remember he dropped out of college to pursue his fashion line and is really pushing that as part of the show. He gets cyberbullied by uh, another housewife who we'll mention in a hot second here. The, uh, she, Meredith had a lot of marital troubles that were featured on the show last year. Her husband, Seth, splits time between Akron and Salt Lake City. And uh, Meredith has also had a lot of work done. Looks pretty good, though. And doesn't really take anyone's shit. Is typically very unapologetic. But I think is uh, you'll, you'll find there aren't a lot of, like, straight-up villains on this show, except for one who we'll mention in a second. Like, Meredith has her moments, too, where I don't really love her always. But for the most part, I, I like Meredith. Then you have Mary Cosby, who was not supposed to be one of the housewives. They added her in at the last second before season one. I don't know if someone else dropped out or what happened. But Mary Cosby didn't really have anything to do last year because she wasn't supposed to be a housewife. She is. She runs a church with her grandfather, who is also her husband, because her grandmother died, and her grandmother's dying wish was that Mary, her granddaughter, would marry her husband. So that's kind of strange. Uh, Mary... Basically, her whole personality is that she runs a church and she has a lot of clothes. We don't really know anything else about her because there was limited filming and footage. Then the new person who was added, I think her name is Jenny. She's like Filipino or something. Jenny with a J, I think. We don't really know anything about her other than she's got an attitude and she's little. Okay, I think she has some kids. We'll learn more as the season goes on. Then the other housewife, the one who brings in the ratings, Jen Shaw. And we didn't like Jen last year at all. She looks like a stereotypical, crazy, Botoxed housewife. She's married to uh, Sharif Shaw, who's the defensive backs coach at the University of Utah. She has like three kids or something like that. I don't know. They're older, like late teens, 20s, something in that range. Jen Shaw became very famous across the internet, not very, relatively famous across the internet back in like January or February when she was arrested and indicted for um, a couple counts, federal like wire fraud, I think, uh, basically runs some sort of like telemarketing scam business where she steals money from old people along with her assistant, Stewart, who is affectionately known as he introduced himself on the show last year as Stu Chains. Jen Shaw has like seven assistants. And at the time watching the show last year, you're kind of like, what does Jen Shaw actually do? How does she make her money? And now it makes a lot more sense when you realize she's been scamming people for hundreds of thousands of dollars her whole life. So now things make a little bit more sense. So as you might expect on this season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they're leaning into that storyline 
because the arrest happened in the middle of filming for the show. You might remember, I think this was back in like February or March, Rachel and I actually called into her uh, arraignment hearing or indictment hearing, whatever it's called, because you could zoom in. It was great. We listened on our phone as we were working from home together. It was amazing. They had a lot of technical issues, as you might expect. Um, Her trial got pushed back. I don't think it's happening until like the spring or something like that. But that will be great when it happens. So she's on the show, too. So those are our seven ladies. On the, uh, this, the, se- the season two premiere, they start off with the moment when Jen gets arrested. So even though that's going to happen like in the middle of the season, they showed like the filming of that. Obviously, that was a very big centerpiece of se- or episode one of season two. What else happened? You kind of just get an introduction to all the ladies. Whitney's throwing like a party or something. She drops a cake like four times. They're in a hot tub. It's pretty sexy. Uh, Heather, I think her oldest daughter is like going off to college or something like that. Um, Mary Cosby is still Mary Cosby. I don't think, I think they probably forgot to film her and we're just going to see what happens. Jen Shaw has moved out of the Shaw Chalet because turns out they were renting it. And so they now have a new house and coach Shaw is still very busy. Jenny is just kind of doing Jenny things. And Meredith has a better relationship with her husband, Seth, now. Brooks was on. We learned that Brooks has been cyberbullied by Jen Shaw even more in the offseason, which is great. And then Lisa is kind of like just being Jersey girl Lisa. And I'm sure that there are some things like plot-wise that happened in, in episode one that I'm forgetting about because it feels like a really long time ago when I watched it, even though it wasn't. But basically, look, we can spend this time to just be like, here are the characters, here's what to know about them, and we'll start to get into some juicy stuff, I'm sure, moving forward here. I think it's going to be a good season. We need it because Real Houses of New York this season, which has now ended, and they canceled the reunion, was just a dumpster fire. And then... Uh, Lamar Jackson just threw an interception into triple coverage, and it was intercepted by Tyron Matthew again. His second of the first quarter. Uh, The only other one that I'm, like, up to speed with, although I haven't seen all or nearly any of the seasons, Real Houses of Beverly Hills, I think, is almost done. And the whole second half of this show, of this season, has just been Erica Girardi and her what's going on with Tom and, like, fighting and... Lisa Rinna and other old school people, Kyle Richards, are just like shells of themselves or parodies of themselves. So it's still fine. It's not that interesting, though. Real Housewives of Potomac, we're not watching live. We're still trying to like, I think we're on season three and they're on like season five or six. It just premiered a couple weeks ago, I think. And uh, so we're going to try to get caught up on that one. There's not a ton else, right? Like there's Orange County. Never seen it. Dallas, never seen it. Jersey, Rachel's seen, I think, all of it. I've never seen it. And there are international franchises, but who has time for all that? I mean, they're in different time zones, for God's sake. So that's basically where we're at with that. Um, And I'm looking forward to giving you the Episode 2 recap next week. 
What's on uh, What's on deck for the Bean Town Podcast? Not sure. Next couple weeks, we will have a marathon special in uh, three weeks from this weekend. And the countdown to 200. I'll have to go back, double-check the math, make sure I know everything correctly. But I believe 200 will be in New York, actually. Our Manhattan Big Apple special, which would be very exciting. Um, and maybe get Brother of the Podcast Jack on there, which would be cool. But that's about all I got for you. There was a lot to cover in this episode, a lot to talk about. I'm very tired. We had a great time with family this week. And I hope you enjoyed following along the festivities via this show's episode. Again, everyone, go to BeantownPodcast.com. Check out the Beantown blog. Check out our Cuts by Q page, all that stuff. It's very fun. Like, subscribe, share. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can email BeantownPodcast.com. Again, that's Beantown. Nope. Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's Podcast at yahoo.com. That's what I got for you. Uh, there's other stuff I could get into, other like minor things I could mention, but we're at 53 minutes, 54 minutes, and I haven't showered since yesterday morning, and I haven't eaten dinner yet, and it's five minutes to eight, so I'm doing that now. I hope everyone has a great week. If you're listening to this on Monday morning, hope your coffee's good. And just hope you start having some uh, nice fall weather out there. Because it was 90 degrees here and it was miserable. So, very tired of being sweaty. That's what I got for you. We're going to cue up our music. I thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I treasure you. My name is Quinn David Furness and this was my show. Everyone, start that music. Stay safe. Stay sane. And I'll check in on you next time. Bye.